um, I realize I look forward to Mondays now. Mondays before always felt so daunting, even when I didn't work a Monday through Friday job. Something about the start of the week always left me with this um, precarious, this unsettled uh, feeling in my chest. The coming of Monday on a Sunday night, as it's nearing the time to go to bed, feels very much the same way I remember feeling as a kid that I felt um, about turning in for the night on any day of the week. Um, I remember as a kid around 8, 8.30, when schoolwork was done, dinner was had, and all there was left to do was turn off the lights and sleep. Now, this was before I had my own computer. Uh, this was really before I was playing any video games. I was pretty much still reliant on what my parents were watching or, or listening to. So, um, I remember actually a moment my dad was watching, um, that, uh, Dracula movie, the old school one. I want to say, like, something about Friday. Uh, not Freaky Friday, though maybe it is Freaky Friday. He's watching this Dracula movie, and I remember feeling, maybe maybe it was the movie that sort of sparked these, um, these feelings for me. Um, just seeing what it is here. It is, is it Freaky Friday? I don't know. Anyway, it's an older movie. Not Friday the 13th. Freaky Friday keeps giving me two, the 2003 movie with uh, Fright Night. Sorry, everybody. Fright Night. My dad was watching Fright Night, and it was time for me to go to sleep. And I remember going up to my room and just feeling like, this is it? I'm going to sleep. It's like a Wednesday. I haven't done anything but schoolwork. And now I'm going to sleep to to just repeat this. I was sort of having a of a, a childlike um, crisis, a uh, existential crisis, um, and it, it was this weird, unsettled feeling, this unproductive feeling, um, like this was it to my life, schoolwork, and then sleep without having done anything extra. It left a lump in my throat, much like um, Mondays had started to do for me. But now, um, they feel a little less like that. I find myself looking forward to Mondays because of this podcast. Uh, I do it at the beginning of the week. I've done it consistently on a Monday for the past four or five episodes. And now... Sunday night comes along, and I look forward to Monday, when I can pr prepare myself and prep myself for creating this episode. So what's going on, everybody? How is your, how has your day been? How has your night been? How is your afternoon how is your day? I have some tea with honey here because uh, my throat felt a little scratchy and I was, uh, you know, maybe coming down with something. Something uh, that uh, nowadays, if anybody feels sick, they, they feel like, oh no, I don't want anyone to think, you know, I have uh, that virus that's going around. But who knows? Who knows anymore? So I'm drinking tea. I feel fine, other than the weird, like, deepened throat sound, and uh, just feeling like a little, little scratchy. So I've got green tea with honey here, and it feels tip-top shape. All right, let's get into this episode. Again, I've got my notes here, and again, um, I was playing around with the idea of an improv episode. So an episode that I, uh, I guess wouldn't prepare for and maybe come up with, um, writing on the spot. 
but I feel like that might take a little dabbling in editing to to be able to do without boring the listeners uh, hearing dead air as I try to come up with something. And um, I thought about maybe reading some news and just sort of uh, having a little play on improv. Um, but I feel like maybe I'd, I need to do more research on improv. I always find stray papers in my desk as I'm looking for stuff like, ooh, what else can I talk about? I have a whole list for number eight here, and I honestly feel like scrapping it all. I was wondering um, where my love slash passion for writing comes from. And uh, I have artistic... Uh, minds, I guess, in the family. Uh, my mom dabbles in art. My grandfather was a photographer slash printer person. Uh, my uncle did tattoos. A lot of the arts, drawing, painting, photography, photography, um, but no known writers, which is interesting to think. Um, was there any ancestral writers in my family tree? Was I related to somebody who didn't make it? Isn't that a scary idea? The forgotten artist? The ones who didn't make it. Which we're always told, well, we're not always told, but we always forget. Like, there are so many of us who try to do it, and we just don't. Oh, shoot, that's depressing. It kind of uh, puts you in your place a little bit. Makes you realize, like, shit, I'm not the only one here, and I'm not going to be the last. And if I have to do this for the rest of my life in order to feel something, then so be it. I once read this uh, biography of Van Gogh. Well, I started it. I didn't quite finish it. Uh, But... His biography is always interesting because um, he didn't become well-known for his art until later in life. If I can remember correctly, he was um, surrounded by all these other famous artists of his time. And they were all friends and, and communing together and... He was sort of just there, like almost like the forgotten artist, trying his whole life to make something out of out of his life. And we're all born similarly in this, like you're here and you gotta try to make it in whatever you want to do, whatever your passion is. I was always I'm interested in the lives of and work of artists, but I've never um I've never been so much driven to do art i think it would be fascinating a lot of fun to like take a giant canvas and start painting on it i like the feeling of painting but i've never been compelled to to put a piece of art together in that way i guess art to me the traditional sense the drawing sense feels like a hobby more than a um than a passion I've definitely done art. I've done pen and ink stuff. And that's always great fun. I really enjoy um, inking stuff. And I, Like I said, I would love to get like a huge canvas and just start painting on it. I think that would be... That would be a lot of fun, I think. Big stress reliever. But I've never felt... Um, I've never felt like, yeah, I'm doing art. I felt a little bit like, like I could be into photography... And for a brief moment, I'm talking about like two weeks here, I was trying to learn ISO and aperture and uh, how those different settings affect a photo. Since I learned those things, I have thus forgotten them. Uh, But I'm always interested in photography. It's an interesting art. I was um, interested in this guy, Alfred Stieglitz, back in the day. I think he's from 18-something. 
Let's check it out. Alfred Stieglitz. He is a photographer. Old school photographer. Um, he was, I think, married to or in relation to Georgia O'Keeffe. He was born 1864. He died in 1946. Um, and he, he took these pictures of Georgia O'Keeffe in her hands. And he's got this one picture of her that I always found so, like, mesmerizing. So beautiful. If you type in Alfred Stieglitz and then go to images, it's pretty much the first image that comes up. Or you can type in Alfred Stieglitz, George O'Keeffe. O'Keeffe is, uh, I guess, a painter she would be described as. She did those flower paintings. Um, so he he took this photo of her, um, and she has her hand, her one hand, is sort of grasping her other hand as it comes up around her chin, and she's looking uh, to the left. Very serious photo, uh, but it's sort of, when I first saw it, I loved the hands. And it pulled me in. And her face is sort of half in shadow, half in the light. She has this black sort of scarf covering part of her mouth and her chin. And then her hands come up again in the light. Uh, maybe it's a play on light. I don't know. Maybe there's a writing prompt in there. How do you feel about writing prompts? I've tried to actually be into writing prompts. Interesting idea. Um, but I found myself to never be like so interested in them. Let me see if I can find one and see if it sparks anything. Writing prompt. We always had to do these in um, creative writing classes or just literary classes in general and I just never actually there was one that I kind of liked it was a prompt of writing from a picture so there was a series of pictures we could pick um, and then create a story from them and I picked uh, the 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 dining the the Nighthawks painting by Edward Hopper. It's the one where the two people are at the counter in a diner, or the three people are in the count uh, at the counter in a diner, and there's a, a guy behind the counter, and it's a very desolate, very. There's four people in the photo, but it's such a lonesome image. There's nobody on the street. The buildings across the street look completely vacant. The window shades are up on the apartments across the street, and they're all dark. And everything is dark. And then you have these four people in this diner. And the diner itself looks very desolate. There's a few cups on the counter, but nothing else. And there's a woman in red sitting next to a man a hat and they appear to be holding touching their fingers together there's another person another man across the way completely lonesome wearing a hat and then there's the uh, I guess the bartender in a white coat a white folded hat he looks like he's cleaning something. He's looking up at the man. Or maybe he's looking at the couple. He looks maybe that he's observing something about them. Or maybe they're having a conversation. This is a very um, interesting painting as well. So, in one of my writing classes, we had to pick an image. And this was the image I picked to as a writing prompt to create a story from. I forgot what my story was about. Uh, it might have been about the couple, like, I don't know, something about marriage, maybe. I think maybe the guy by himself was divorced. 
something was probably something dramatic and and sad. But I like looking at paintings like this. This sort of it's uh it's a mesmerizing painting. I suggest if you have the time while you're listening to this, just look up Edward Hopper, Nighthawk. And uh Take a few minutes to gaze at this, this work of art and sort of um, maybe write a prompt to it or create a story. Maybe figure out what feelings it elicits inside you. It's very... Uh, I feel like I'm relating to this painting now more than I did when I first saw it. It's it's desolate. And uh, there seems to be some social distancing going on. The couple is together, of course. But the guy, the other guy, is way across the other side of the counter. And the bartender is on the other side of the counter. And there's nobody around. Huh. I wonder why it's called Nighthawks as well. I haven't looked into this painting at all. I wonder if there's a uh, a meaning behind that name. This is uh, quite an interesting painting. It's almost plain, but I think that's what uh, what pulls you in. The other night I did uh, meditation, um, purposeful meditation. <coughs> I tried to, um, not really thinking that I would get anywhere, but I tried to mimic, uh, isolation. What is that called? Uh, isolation tank stuff. Now, I know I can't get anywhere close as to what they do in the isolation tanks. They, you're floating in water. They make the water the same temperature as your skin, so you can't feel anything, and it's completely black, and completely silent so you're basically left with your thoughts sounds like something that would make you want to go crazy so I thought alright well what if I just tried to kind of meditate in my in the room here with the lights off and uh, and no sound on sound was getting in of course so I put these uh, monk chanting things on and I said, hey, I've never actually, like, and I, and I laid down. I've never meditated and laid down. Actually, I think I might have done it once. But usually when I think about meditation, it's always like the class, and I don't know why I think this. It's always the classic sit up in a chair, cross your legs, close your eyes, try not to move. Well, I guess I thought, well, let me try to um, be completely horizontal and turn the lights off and try to meditate that way. I'm I'm see the thing is I'm always looking for something to um to get my creative brain going. All of these things that I do, all right? From the meditation to the cacao to now the juggling, it's all in an attempt to uh get thinking, open up my mind so that I can have free-flowing thoughts that are not so, like, frantic, and they're more um, geared towards creativity. I want to come up with some banging ideas, okay? The whole point of this, like, I don't want to do this for my health, all right? I want to do this so that I can, I can write the next great American novel, okay? Anyway. Where is I going with this? Uh, oh, yeah, meditation. So, I have the lights off, I have this creepy monk, very, very light, creepy monk chanting thing on, and, um, I'm just, I'm laying with my palms up, and it's like 7 o'clock, but it's really early, and, uh, I had the lights off, but, gosh, if you think, alright, turn the lights off in your bedroom, you don't realize how many lights are actually still in your room. I mean, maybe you don't have that many lights, but I had, I, I, since I was aware of it, I wasn't tired. So I was hyper aware. And since it was like 
Alright, so I'm turning off these lights so I can be aware that I'm meditating. I wasn't going to close my eyes and try to fall asleep. I was really just going to try to sit and look at the dark. That was the plan. No sleeping here. So I turn the light off and I'm laying there and a couple of minutes go by and I start to realize like how much light is actually still on when we think the lights are off. Like I, I'm seeing the charging lights on. There's like two of them. I see uh, the light switches have a little red glow to them. Um, I had uh, a projector that I had to unplug because it had a little light glaring on the wall. And then I see light coming from under the door frame. So that, and I didn't realize how much this was bothering me. So I, I had to take the two pillows. Uh, well, I, impl- I unplugged the projector. Um, I tried not to look at the charging lights, which wasn't very hard. They were pretty pretty low level. But then uh, the door that I was next to, I could see from my peripheral the outline of the light coming through the door. And for whatever reason, that was bothering me. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just, I, I don't know. It was just bothering me. So I take the two pillows. I decide to lay completely flat. I take the two pillows and I build them up in front of me to block my peripheral from seeing the light that was coming through the door frame. It helped. So I'm laying there and uh, I'm sort of looking at stuff. And I hear, you know, I hear noises coming from elsewhere. I hear a, a mumble of a TV on. I hear people talking. So it's not the best scenario. But it was different. I've never deliberately done a meditation like that. Where I wasn't trying to fall asleep. And you know what happened? I fell asleep. It was probably around 7.30. I knocked out like a light. I slept all the way till the next morning. It was fantastic. I probably slept a little too long because I got up and I didn't want to get up. You know how that happens when you sleep too long? And then you, you think to yourself, ah, if I go to bed at 12, I'll wake up better than if I had gone to bed at like 10. What is that? So strange. Anyway, I don't know if the meditation got me anywhere as I wanted it to. But maybe it calmed me down. I mean, I can't believe I fell asleep. Didn't it makes sense, I guess, that it would have happened. It was dark, so... What happens when you turn the lights off at night? You don't realize how much the stuff from our phones and our computers keeps us up. As soon as you turn the lights off, like, ooh, sleep like a baby. So I fell asleep. I was very calm. Didn't quite do the creative thing that I wanted it to do, but I think uh, maybe I needed it to um, to just relax. Because sometimes I think I stay up too long and uh not that I have trouble going to sleep but there was something else I wanted to talk about as well and I did not want to forget it the meditation something I just did I talked about the juggling, right? I got new, uh, I ordered new juggling balls. I can't wait for those to come in. They're coming in tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'm going to be... Because right now I have some juggling balls that, uh, I guess, started to break open at the seams. And I had to tape them all. Or else sand was going to get everywhere. So I taped them all. And uh, that made them sort of sharp with some edges, uneven. But now I have some professional juggling balls coming. And I am excited to uh, to keep going on this, this journey of juggling. Hopefully that will get the mind going. Oh, actually, I have also decided to stop using Instagram. Now, let me clarify here. Uh, I have a business Instagram for the coffee that I sell with my husband. 
It's called NM Roasters. If you want some coffee, check it out. We launched our first coffee. We're about to launch our second coffee probably next week. Uh, yeah, next weekend. Um, so I'm still using that. It's it's a business uh, productivity thing. But my personal Instagram, I want to stop using it at least for a little while and see what happens. Because I feel really... Uh, I think I realized that it was probably some cause of, of my anxiety or my my FOMO. It's funny that somebody can have that now with uh, with quarantine with Corona. You have you have fear of missing out on Corona. We all feel a little bit better because we're in the same boat, but geez, we can't do anything, so it sucks. I don't know, does anybody does anybody have FOMO during this time? Or do you feel like you can catch up a little bit? I feel like maybe I oh, I had some time. Like, alright, I can catch up a little bit. I felt like I was behind. But what a stupid thing to, to think that you're behind, right? You get to be behind. You're 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 walking your road. You just walk in your road. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than other people's. I might have a little more weeds. Maybe it uh, dropped off into a puddle and uh, you got a, a wet leg. My God. But then oh, you came across an Uber and he drove you a few miles. You're like, awesome. I got this awesome Uber. Thanks. You saved me those those miles. And then the sun comes up and it's beating down on your face. You find some trees, you lay in the shade of the trees. You write some, some poetry. Because you're a sensitive soul, and you want to take a break and sit in the shade of a tree and write some poetry. Write your feelings in some lines, because that's what you do. And then you give a little yawn, and you look up at the horizon. You see, it's just a, just over midday. And you think to yourself, I better get a move on if I want to make it to the end of this, uh, to the end of this road. So you start jogging a little bit. You jog. And the dirt kicks, kicks up. And then, uh, you see a little dog that doesn't belong to anybody. He runs up to you and you're like, hey dog. And there's like smiling the way dogs do when the tongue is out and they're smiling at you. And you don't have time to stop for the dog, so you keep running. But then the dog follows you and just running beside you like, Oh, sweet. I got a little friend. So then you're running on your path with your little dog. That you just, he found you. And makes life a little bit better. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say, maybe you should get a dog. Dogs make life better. Unless you don't like dogs, then... I don't know, that's your thing. Find something you like. Something I've... I've been given my, um... I've been given thought to. Uh, is what happens to my notebooks when I finish them. So I had this obsession where I wanted a new notebook every time I thought about a new story. Because I love me a good notebook. Especially if it's got some leather. Leather cover. It's got no lines. It's got some really nice paper. It's like a thin sort of paper. But it's it's like writing paper. So the ink doesn't bleed on it. I dream about the perfect sheet of paper. So, I've got dozens of notebooks um, that I've procured over the years because uh, I kept coming up with new stories and I had to have a notebook 
for those new stories because uh how awesome is that to have a bookcase and you see all these like really fancy looking books all these leather books right and you pick one out and you open it up expecting to see like an actual typed published professional book and jesus it's somebody's handwriting it's a story it's not it's not a journal so i always uh i had a weird dream about that that i'd have a bookcase full of handwritten notebooks uh but what ended up happening was that um, all of these notebooks have half completed stories in them half completed works of work have completed ideas of stories and not uh, not anything more. I don't think I've actually ever, besides the NaNoWriMo story and any, I've, I've written some short stories. Uh, besides those, I don't think I have ever finished a story. So, um... I thought I've got all of these, um, all of these notebooks. And they're all from like when I was a kid up until like, I don't know, college. So, what happens to them? Do I get rid of them? Uh, or do I, uh, Or do I keep them? Just keep all these half for Does anybody even want to read? I don't even want to read them. They're poorly written. They're very, uh, fantastical. Fantastical. So, um, now I think, what do I do when I finish a notebook? A lot of my notebooks now are, are small notebooks. So when I finish them, I sort of pile them up into different corners of my space. So, I keep them. Actually... I um I burned two of my notebooks not too long ago. Two old notebooks that I think didn't have any more use to me. And you know what? I burned them and I forgot which ones I burned. And unless I remember, I'll never know. So if I burned all of these notebooks, I would just forget about them. But then they would come back as flashes of like, oh, what was that story that I wrote? I was trying to find, um, I had written a script, and I was trying to find it. Um, I had written like, it was a play, back when I was into playwriting. And I had written about f four pages, maybe a full scene, up to, uh, to this play. And I knew I had typed it up and printed it out. So I've been looking for it. And I've only found the first page. Now there's an idea. I can take that first page and try to write a full script from that. A full play. How do you feel about plays? I actually, I had this, um, this is a class in college where we read plays and that is an interesting uh, genre of writing if you are looking for something different look into p reading plays you wouldn't think they'd be as interesting as they are but um they are actually very interesting and i was i was into them uh there's one called Godot. Godot. Let me see. Let me get you the exact Godot. Uh, play. Sometimes Google's real smart. Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. Pretty famous guy. Um, I think this play has been a few movies, or maybe just one movie. But uh, I know it as the play first, and it is... A very interesting play. A couple years ago, well, not a couple, but more than a couple years ago now, I did this. Uh, I had this channel called Three Six Five or Style Writer Three Six Five. Check it out. It's it's uh, it's something. 
But I, I, my, I had a challenge where for, I guess, a year, I was going to take a book and write in the style of that book. So for one of the challenges, I picked Waiting for Godot. And I wrote a little, uh, a little play based in that style because I like that book so much. There's a few, or play rather, there's a few other plays. The Cherry or Orchard, Orchid, Cherry Orchard by Anton Chekhov. This one is pretty good as well. I feel like I want to get these again and revisit them. Uh, just to like, you know, maybe I might take one of these and uh, go over it on the on this podcast here. Sort of have a review, review cast. Something like that. The Cherry Orchard. So yeah, I was, I was into play writing back in the day. So I wrote a few plays. And uh, I wrote uh, this one called The Scientist... And the poet? The scientist and the poet. And it was very similar to Waiting for Godot. Same sort of vibe. That one would be an interesting... Uh, an interesting video to make. So, uh, what happens to all my old notebooks? Well, I've burned two of them. After all these years. And the rest? I have them. I've kept them. I think... I think there maybe have been a few that really didn't mean anything to me, so I've torn out the pages or just thrown away the book. Maybe the book was like a, you know, composition notebook and it wasn't my style. But if it's a nice book, uh, I've kept them. So I have those, uh, those, what do you call them, time capsules to my past. Just gathering up dust. Gathering up dust on bookshelves, in, um, cases. So, yeah, I keep them. I mean, do you, if anybody out there writes in a notebook, have you kept them? That's always been, like, a, a, a wondering point of mine. Especially when I hear somebody talking about writing in a notebook or seeing somebody write in a notebook, I always think, I mean, I know what I do with the notebook. I save it. And the thing is, if it's an idea book, I only look through it while it's an active notebook. As soon as it goes away, like as soon as I finish it and I move on to the next idea notebook, I don't look at it again. So it's kind of like a weird idea for me to have a notebook where I write all these ideas and then I never look at it again. Though I have, you know, it's a fun little afternoon if, you, if you're if you bored. I mean, if you have the amount of notebooks I do. If you're bored and need something to do for the afternoon, go through your notebooks because I've done that. I have taken an afternoon and gone through my notebooks and been amused at what I've written in the past. And, uh kind of realized a lot of it was nothing but that's okay because sometimes the ideas don't need to stay in your head they can go onto the page and uh and just sort of stay there and be that so I do get scared a little bit when I have all these like little notebooks lying around like Oh, I've got this one. I'm writing my ideas. And now what happens when I finish? Do I just abandon it? And I abandon the ideas? I, I really like active notebooks. But the ones that are used up and no longer in use, those are the weird ones for me. Especially if they're not like story-based notebooks. It's weird. Well, what do other people do? I see people using notebooks all the time. Showcasing their notebooks and videos. Oh, I have a bullet journal. I've never done a bullet journal that looks like uh, something I would not be interested. That's a lot of work. Have you ever looked into a bullet journal? That is a lot of work. Jeez, it's like you have to write the whole journal out before you even start the journal. Did you know this? I mean, unless you can buy a pre-made bullet, but I, I think the whole point of the bullet journal is so that you can uh, design it to your preference. God, 
that's a lot of work. That is, yeah, I'm not into, that's too, like, that's too pretty for me. That's too calculated for me. That's too in line for me. I'm definitely a harried writer. I'm just like, I'll write on a napkin. I'll write on, like right now I'm, I have this notebook at work. And I write my ideas on there and I tear the pages out. I've written on napkins. I've written on anything. Sides of a paper, a bullet journal. Um, so I want to read something. I've done this quite the opposite. I found something that I want to read. It is a, um, it's not a poem. It's a story. A short story that I wrote uh, quite some time ago. And um, I thought, given that I was talking about artists earlier, that I would read this to you. Now, bear in mind, this is a creative show. Uh, I read poetry. I read stories. I might read other writers' work as an analysis point. Um, So with that in mind, there is no language barrier here. There is, for the most part, no idea barrier here. Everything is, you know, taken as a... This is all creative. This is artwork. It's not to be taken, you know literally or seriously if you have a sensitive skin if you're sensitive to language if you're sensitive to certain ideas that's the end of the show for you let's turn it off say la vie and we will see each other next week but if you're here for the creativity of it all stick around because this is not censored at least in language and that's how uh, I want to keep it real. Because art, you look at artists, naked paintings. You look at writers, naked storylines. That's life. And art is the imitation of life. So uh, I that's it. I've said my piece. I've let you know where this podcast stands. And um, yeah, that's the point of art. Keep it real. So, without further ado, I will read this little story I wrote. I don't know how long ago now. This one, I think, was written a a long time ago. Post-college. But in any way, a while ago. And um, I just... I was looking through my documents, and it just... It just came up. So here it is. It's called Tattoo Artist. He was crouched low to my arm. I could feel his warm breath grazing my skin. My hair stood on end. The buzzing was consistent. It marked progress. I looked at his details. Skin like cigarettes. Maturing beard. Eyes scowled in concentration. He wiped my arm and continued. I've never worked on an image quite like this, he said. Is it hard? I asked. He shook his head. I can smell smoke on him through the smell of ink he was using to tattoo my arm. Death of yourself. I like it. It's fitting, I said. It's been happening for a while. It's cool. He was mostly quiet. I enjoyed that. People who worked without speaking, it made me feel like he was real. There was a pause in the work as he refilled his ink to begin the shading. He wiped away the blood. I could fuck someone like you, he said. I looked up. He was looking at his needle. What? He looked at me. Sorry, did you say something? I shook my head. No, I thought you did. He brought his face and his needle back to my arm. I saw him snap up at me. Fuck a real good. 
he growled through the sound of the buzzing. I stared at this image of him grinning with yellow teeth. My pace quickened. He looked up calmly. You okay? I shook the image out of my head. Yeah. Okay, just have to make sure you don't move so much. Are you talking? He looked at me, and this time I wasn't sure if that was real. He tried to laugh it off. <laughs> I think so. Are you still good? Yeah. The Trap of Ink All I had were eyes. I tried looking around, but I could not move. I saw a room in front of me. A man's face was looking at me, his skin like cigarettes, his gray beard. His eyes scowled in concentration. I could screw a girl like you, he said looking away from me. I felt a twitch. I heard something buzzing. I began to feel that I indeed had a body. I felt my shoulders. They were heavy. I could turn my head now. I looked down, but there was nothing there, and I began to panic. But I knew I had a body. I looked at the space before me. There was a red light trying to mask my vision. I was in a chair in what seemed to be a waiting room. There were posters and pictures on the wall. Shelves were filled with figurines. There was a rotary phone, a typewriter, a computer. What made you go with this one? The man asked. I was about to speak. Death of oneself. I find it fitting, someone else said. I looked around, but there was no one else. I turned around. I was against a wall. I tried to stand, but I couldn't as I had no legs. Then something happened. As I looked down at my nothingness, I began to feel the twitch and my left arm completed, hands and figures coming into view. I gasped, yet no sound came out. As the other arm completed, it looked different, like a skeleton matching the hue of the room. I looked at the man, at all his features. He was covered in tattoos, and still had that look of deep concentration on me. When my legs were complete, I will stand, I thought. As they were, I was able to stand. Half my body was pink flesh, and the other half was skeletal. In the middle, my skin was parting, tearing away from the bone. I touched it. It was plushy, so I was afraid to prod any further. I walked past the man to the other side and looked at the posters. They were pictures of skeletons, skulls, flames, mountainsides, forests, spiders, storms. I tried the phone. Of course it didn't work. I tapped the keys of the typewriters. As I walked past, I tried the door, and then I realized that it was fake. It was all fake. I walked to the man who was following me with his eyes as I walked around the room. I reached out to him, but every time I got close, he seemed to get further away without appearing to move at all. This pressure had been building up, and I noticed my body becoming darker, more detailed. Now I had a transparent robe flowing behind me, covering half my body, hanging off the other side. We're almost done here, he said, never once taking his eyes off me. What? What are you doing? I yelled. But it was only a voice in my head. I gritted in tears. I could never get close to him, so instead I threw myself against the fake door. Let me out! I want out of here! My right arm began to bleed. It was soaking the floor beside me. Please. He smiled. This is looking nice. It is, the other voice said. It was a woman's voice. Help me, I tried to ask as I looked for her, but I couldn't see anyone else but this room and this man. He grinned. Do you ever wonder if the images you draw are really trapped? That they really feel? The woman asked. I looked up at the empty ceiling and began to cry. I collapsed. It's a bit creepy, but I think it would make a great flick, the man said. Don't you? He asked directly to me. 
I ran to him. No, I don't want this, I said as I dropped to my feet. He touched my chin. Don't worry, girl. You look great. I cried. He stood up. Don't leave me. He began to work, walk backwards, disappearing into nothing. I was left there alone, silent with nothing but these posters and an unknown amount of eternity. I'm going to wrap it. You should keep a wrap for an hour. Try not to get it too wet. There are some products you can get at the pharmacy that will keep the tattoo from peeling too soon. Make sure you apply that three times a day, John said. Margaret stood up. Thanks, John. It looks great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He looked down at the image of a half-skeletal girl blood dripping from her right arm. Strange. What? Margaret asked. She looks extremely sad as though she was crying, but I don't remember putting that there. Margaret looked at the image on her arm. I think it fits. I like it. John didn't say anything about it. He looked calmly at the image. Do you mind if I take a picture from my portfolio? Go for it. Margaret held her arm out as John took the picture. Then he wrapped it and sent her on her way. John looked at the photo he took, and now he saw the image of the girl with her eyes closed. And for some reason he felt sad, and he didn't know why. <laughs>